I'm Damian Willis, and this is the Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News, a podcast in which we attempt to pull back the curtain on our reporting process while diving deeper into some of the biggest stories of the week. In this week's episode, we're talking to Leah Romero, who covers trending stories for the Las Cruces Sun News. And nothing is more trending this time of year than Hatch Green Chili. We're also joined by Adrian Hedden of the Carlsbad Current Argus, who recently wrote about the chili crop and the commencement of roasting around the state. This year, the annual Hatch Chili Festival celebrates its 50th anniversary. Leah has been working to track down residents who were there for the iconic festival's beginnings. Adrian has been covering the upspring of chili roasters around southeast New Mexico. Sometimes the chili being roasted is from Hatch. Other times it's from the Pecos Valley, which also grows some respectable green chili. Leah and Adrian were kind enough to join us this week to discuss their coverage of these events. First, Leah, Adrian, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks, Damien. Leah, I want to start with you. The Hatch Chili Festival, which happens every Labor Day weekend, is now celebrating its 50th anniversary. It's long been a a destination for chili lovers across the Southwest. This year, I suspect, it won't be any different. Absolutely. It's uh, coming up over Labor Day weekend, September 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And uh, what sorts of things are you hearing about the enthusiasm around this year's event? There's a lot of excitement. There's a, a countdown to the the start of all the festivities, you know, there's going to be carnival activities, a parade on Saturday morning, and then, of course, all of the vendors and, and food food trucks and, and whatnot set up. So everyone's super, super duper excited to head out to Hatch in a few weekends. Leah, you've spoken to people who have been around since the very first Chili Festival uh, 50 years ago, right? the original organizers. Right. So yesterday I spoke with June Lytle and she's actually um, 98 years old today. And she was one of the the group of um, organizers that put the, fir- the first one on. Other organizers were Ben Archer, um, Claiborne R- Wayne, and a lot of them have already passed on. So, but she's still kicking. And yeah, so I spoke, I went out to her home in Salem, New Mexico yesterday, so just a little bit further than Hatch. And she was talking about how um, the the first one was just sort of a, hey, everyone's everyone's growing chili around here. Let's get together and, and do something for Labor Day. So it was almost like a picnic, she was saying, with a lot of food and a lot of um, just games and competitions to kind of play with each other. And then there was, of course, dancing. So and then it just it just grew every year. And now it's become this huge thing that thousands of people come to each year. Absolutely. I've I've uh, in my years of of covering it, I've met chili growers and, and distributors from New York City 
there at the Hatch Chili Festival. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's sort of a meeting place for all of the chili connoisseurs and growers and just regular old fans. So it's it's certainly evolved over time. Do you get a sense of of how that has happened? Well, I would say that in the beginning, it was more of a it was almost like a fair you know, we have the state fair and the Southern New Mexico state fair, and of course, like county fairs. So it was almost like that sort of feel. It was a lot of just locals coming together, um, hanging out, playing games, sharing their recipes. And as it grew more, I guess the um, circle widened and more people were coming in from out of the area, out of the county, throughout the state. And now people across the Southwest and like you said, across the country attend and, and enjoy the, the fun stuff that they have going on in Hatch. So it's it's definitely grown in that people from a wider area are, are, are enjoying it. Adrian, you recently wrote about roasters who have set up at, at grocery stores in your part of the state. Yeah, yeah. Carlsbad has uh, two grocery stores. Um, one is an Albertsons, which is a chain, and then there's a La Tienda, which is uh, uh, just a local uh, grocery store. And um, yeah, over the summer, they both set up these big roasters. They're like these. I mean, you, you probably know what they look like, but I'll describe them. They they're you know these big barrel kind of contraptions that that rotate and and cook up the chili peppers. Like a so like a fifty five gallon drum almost. That is wire mesh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's got flames, you know, heating it up and they just dump a bunch of peppers in there and rotate those as they cook up. Um, people line up starting real early in the morning. And uh, most of them, it seems um, just from my observations are buying, you know, like the 20 pound boxes at a time. So, you know, it's definitely something people uh, keep in their home all, all year round, I think. As far as the uh, chili goes, where are you seeing it come from, Adrian? Um, I'd say it's mostly all from the Hatch Valley. You know, uh, we're, in, we're, in, we're a few hours uh, uh, east of it, but um, we're still southern New Mexico. So, yeah, I think it's pretty much all um, sent from the yeah the Las Cruces Hatch area. So people are pretty excited about that. Don't see any Colorado Pueblos. <laughs> <laughs> For those not in the know, there's kind of a, a rivalry between New Mexico and Colorado Chile. Chile is certainly not the largest crop in Doniana County. I think that would be onions, but it's definitely our most famous. New Mexicans are passionate about their hatch green chili, right, Leah? Oh, absolutely. And speaking of Colorado, there's no competition. Not at all. <laughs> it's all in their mind. <laughs> well, is it, isn't the big dish they make in Colorado with it like a hamburger just like smothered and in it, you know, I mean, that that versus like an enchiladas or, or chili rellenos. I mean, you know, there's I think we have much better dishes. We certainly do more with our green chili than they do. Yeah, I would agree. I was uh, I was recently in Albuquerque visiting my parents and we spent a good chunk of two days peeling and chopping and freezing 75 pounds of green chili, three boxes. I think when I look back on my life, these are the moments I'm going to cherish the most. <laughs> Leah, Adrian, do you have chili memories that also mean a lot to you? Oh, well, definitely. Uh, you go ahead, Adrian. Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of new to, to the area. I grew up in Michigan, moved here a few years ago, um, but uh, just got married and my wife's family is all from here. And um, 
yeah, just, you know, it's like they put it in everything, you know, I mean, from, uh, you know, enchiladas, like I mentioned, to to a lot of other things. So I think it's just an exciting time of the year. It's one of the things when I moved here from Michigan that really stood out. You know, we don't have things like that up north, really, that, that I can recall that's, that are so culturally tied. So it's part of, what, you know, that's part of the culture of New Mexico and kind of what kept me here for the five years since I moved here. Yeah, August is is kind of just chili roasting season. Yeah, yeah, pretty. Uh, it's a pretty interesting time. You know, it's one of those things that really, like I said, stand out for people that are come from out of town and make them think New Mexico is kind of a special place. Leah, yeah, I'm um, so born and raised in Cruces, and so I've you know grown up with each year. You kind of know, like, okay, it's getting to the end of the summer when you start smelling the the chili roasting when you go to the grocery store. So that's, you know, like, that's like one of the best smells in the world. And yeah, like you, I, I grew up, you know, um, peeling and, and chopping up and freezing bags and bags of chili just to make sure that you've, you know, got enough supply for the year. And my family does that just about every year. The amount of bags probably differs each year, depending on how much we use, but we definitely use it in almost every dish, you know. I also remember going over to my grandma's house and helping her out stuffing chilies so that we could have chili rellenos. Yeah. So she was all about, yeah, all about pre-stuffing and then freezing them. And then when you want to make them, all you got to do is like whip up the batter and, and you're good to go. So yeah, a lot of dip fond them, memories. Of, dip them and fry them. Yes, definitely. So a lot of fond memories um, with my grandma and with the family. Did you guys, Leah, ever uh, roast your own? One of my favorite memories is with my dad out on the back porch over the grill roasting our own chili because we couldn't find anybody who was actually roasting it that year. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, I think I think we've done it a few times. And it was something that we were definitely like, okay, let's, let's just go and find somebody else to roast this because it's kind of a process. It is. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, having that smell right in your backyard is always a good, <laughs> always a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Some uh, oldies on the radio. Adrian, the chili from the Pecos Valley doesn't get the love that Hatch Chili does, but I'll say that the absolute hottest chili I've ever had in my life came from a farm near Roswell. Do you think Eastern New Mexico green chili gets shortchanged? Well, um, you mentioned that to me yesterday because I, I hadn't really heard of it, but um, I did a little research and it seems like on this side of the state, the chili growers are, you know, smaller, local, like, backyard farms or, or small farms, you know, you don't really see the scale of it that you do um, in the Hatch Valley. And, you know, when you're talking about tons per year that are being harvested. So I, I think that that might be um, part of the reason, you know, I mean, the, the the big, you know, selling point is Hatch Green Chili. So you, you just don't, I just don't think it's as mainstream or as, um, as large of an industry as, uh, as it is, you know, Southwest corner of the state. And have have you had a chance to check out some of the green chili that was grown there in eastern New Mexico? You know, um, I, I have to be honest. I, I I don't I don't think I have. I, I mean, maybe I've you know I get I get it from the store. Maybe summer, so. <laughs> maybe by accident. 
I, I can tell you, um, as you guys were talking about memories of it, I, I did have one, you know, this is maybe a little insight into a reporter. Um, the first time when I went to go interview a chili roaster, I'd never eaten one before. He uh, pulls one out of the roaster and hands it to me. And, you know, I don't have tolerance for spicy foods growing up. <laughs> put, and so I put it in my mouth and start eating it. And, and then he starts trying to do the interview <laughs> while my mouth is burning. And you so. can't. Right. I'm trying to like ask him questions while my mouth is on fire from this this pepper, and uh, it made for quite an interesting interview and memory. So, um, yeah, definitely get spicy. Um, but um, no, I mean, I don't. I think I've had any from uh, from the side. I don't know of any you know commercial growers um, in Carlsbad, but yeah, up in Roswell, I think they have a lot more farms, and so that, that would make sense. Right. But definitely something for people to check out. Yeah. Um, sure. Leah. You've been to the Hatch Chili Festival. Um, tell me about your memories. I know, I think I've only been as a reporter covering it for the Sun News. What are your memories? So I've actually not been to the Hatch Chili Festival. Um, Except I've, as a reporter. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've um, I've reported on it a couple of times, but personally, I've never, like, been with like family and that sort of thing. Um, I was actually talking about that. I was asking my my parents like, did when when was the last time you went to the festival? And my dad was saying he's he's never been, and he's actually from up north, like Taos area. But my mom is from the Cruces area, and she was saying, oh my gosh, it's been it's been a while, and it's always kind of Labor Day is always like really hot, and you're kind of do I want to go out there and and eat hot chili as well? Um, <laughs> the answer is really yes. <laughs> no, just like the the hustle and bustle and like the love of of chili. It's just it's a uh, it's something that brings people together, and I think that's that's awesome. The food's always always great, right? And you can go out there and like taste test chili before you buy it, which is always really good, especially when you're kind of exploring the differences between the different varietals. Oh, absolutely. There's there's so many varietals for one. And then it's like, do you like personal preference? Do you want mild? Do you want spicy? Do you want something that's really flavorful? Do you want there's there's so many options that you just have to you have to try them, right? You have to taste test. Uh, I've worked my way up to medium. It's taken me <laughs> five, six, five, six years, but good job. Good job, <laughs> Adrian. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I have a hard time eating anything without green chili if it's available. And the hotter, the better. Adrian, as uh, someone who is not a native New Mexican, I'd be curious to hear about your feelings on green chili. Well, um, yeah, like I was saying earlier, I, I think it's something very culturally uh, unique to New Mexico. Um, you know, when I was getting ready to move here, uh, I did hear from some people like like the food is really amazing. And, you know, we have burrito places and things like that in Michigan, but nothing like here. So everyone was from back home was real excited to hear about, you know, what kind of foods New Mexico had and what kinds of things they had. And, the you know, the green chili was something that always really stands out. And, you know, I've learned about all kinds of different foods I'd, know, I'd never heard of, like, you know, asado and chili relleno. And, and all that all that kind of stuff and i remember uh, talking to some friends actually who had traveled here once and um 
they said that, um, you know, yo, you can get green chili on your McDonald's, like your burger from McDonald's. Yep. And I was like, no way, you know, that's not real. And then I get here and sure enough, you know, <laughs> McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, they all have it. So, what? you know, I just think it's something that makes the state really stand out. Is there is there something in Michigan that is similar? Um, I'm I wouldn't. I mean, they have a like in uh, you know if you heard of it, Mackinac Island, which is like an island uh, between the two peninsulas, kind of. Um, they have fudge there. It's called Mackinac Island fudge. It's supposed to be like the best, but you know, you got fudge but everywhere, right? You don't <laughs> you don't put it on uh, McDonald's hamburgers. It's not an ingredient. Yeah, like it's not as <laughs> Yeah, like something you could um, adapt to anything, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't say so. You know, I think it's a pretty unique thing for New Mexico. I mean, there's like a green chili version of almost everything that you can think of. So, yes. I mean, I bought a I bought a uh, apple pie here when I first moved here. And yes. And noticed that it had a hatch green chili sticker on it. So I go to eat it and I thought it had gone bad because it was burning my mouth. But <laughs> figured out that it was a green chili apple pie, which kind of blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Leah, uh, as a native New Mexican who grew up in southern New Mexico, I'd also love to hear your uh, green chili memories. Yeah, so green chili, chili in general, red or green, both of them are have just been a staple of like my childhood, my growing up. And, um, you know, it's always like I kind of mentioned before, it's always kind of like, OK, like that's that's marking the time in the year, um, to go and get your chili. And, um, I'm, I'm partial to green chili. I like both red and green, but I, green chili is my favorite putting it on, you know, eggs and, and potatoes or something for breakfast is my favorite. We actually call that my, so my dad grew up, uh, like I said, up by Taos in a, a small town, Penasco. He's a, a Norteño. <laughs> my dad's a Norteño. And um, my grandma uh, was a big green chili fan as well. And so whenever we would go up there and visit, she would make this big breakfast and it was like papas fritas and, and eggs and, and chili. And sure. she would mix it all up. And so we would call that our Penasco breakfast. So, you know, if we're kind of like, <laughs> oh, we... We, we're thinking about grandma. We're thinking about being up north. We've got to make our, our Pinasco breakfast for Sunday or something. And Pinasco is just kind of northwest of Española, right? Right, right. About 30 minutes outside of Taos. And it's actually quite near um, Chimayo, which is where we, uh, my family right, gets Which summer. is the red chili capital of the world. Right. That's what I was going to say. That's where we get our red chili. So we've got kind of the best of both worlds, right? Hey, I was I was wondering, what do you what do you guys think of the concept of a Christmas style? Um, I'm uh, count me in. I've never had. I'm I'm game. (laughs) I'm yeah, I'm I'm all about it. That's something I picked up. I like to wield with my friends back home. They never never have any idea what I'm talking about. Leah, uh, your thoughts on Christmas? Yeah, I usually I'm not. I I usually go green, um, but <laughs> I, I will not pass up Christmas style. Okay. Yeah, I, I I especially if it's kind of a new place and I don't know what the red and green tastes like. Uh, mm-hmm. I want I I want a little of both. You know. Mm-hmm. That's a great way 
to like kind of test out what I always do if like I'm going to a Mexican restaurant or something, I always get a chili relleno and that's how I gauge <laughs> whether I'm like, I really like this place or, eh, you know, there's something else that's better. That's oh, how I that's gauge the, it. That's the litmus test. Chili <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> yeah. Growing, yeah, pretty cool. growing up in, in Fort Sumner, one summer we got a sack of extra hot from some farm near Roswell and they didn't lie. It was nearly too hot to eat and was certainly too hot to enjoy. Adrian, that's your part of the country. What are your uh, thoughts on that? Uh, just spicy chili. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was. Sounds pretty rough. That uh, that yeah, was be- that is way more than spicy. Right. Well, from what I've heard, just being here from people is that, um, you know, your uh, your grandma or whoever is making your your green chili or your spicy uh, meal, you know, they might make it hotter and hotter if they're in a bad mood. Um, <laughs> so th- that might be good for that. You know, <laughs> maybe grandma wants to hide that away in case uh, in case she has a bad day one one day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't think I would try it. Like I said, I just barely got to medium. So <laughs> the uh, the chili festival, even though it kind of falls late in the chili season, the harvesting season is generally a good place to get a sense of this year's chili crop in Hatch, right, Leah? Right. Um, it's definitely a place like we kind of mentioned. You know, all of the the farmers and all of the growers are out there selling. So there's there's no um, there's no way you can get away from the chili festival and not leave with a sack of chili or something. But it's definitely a, a place to uh, to gauge like how how was the growing season? How did it go? And and what maybe can we expect next year? Right, and and how hot is this year's crop? I think. One of the things that really impacts the uh, the growing season is the availability of workers, and particularly those who come across the border to pick chili. And that seems to vary from year to year. Right. And that's actually one thing that June Lytle was saying has been an issue, just finding enough workers enough people that are willing to go out there and 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 pick it's it's a tough job definitely it's it's hot out there it's it's kind of grueling work and especially these last few years with covid and and you know can they come across the border is there an issue there it's kind of left them in a well how do we how do we pick all of this chili that we're we're growing we don't have enough people to meet the demand Adrian, what are you guys seeing in Southeast New Mexico? Oh, well, um, you know, they, they roast them, I think, all season as, as um, you know, we get them as long as we can get them from um, from the Hatch Valley. Uh, the grocery stores are, are going to be out there. And uh, I just wanted to point out, yeah, another, you know, labor from talking to growers over there. Uh, labor labor is, is a big issue, but also the moisture has a big impact on, sure. uh, on the crop. Uh, so, you know, last year there was a lot more rain. So that can bring with it different diseases, different fungus and mold. And so 
a lot less can be harvested. It was kind of a down year last year, uh, 20% drop, 22% drop, you know, for the, the Department of Agriculture. You know, you're talking 65,000 tons from 2020 down to 51,000 tons. But, um, and actually, and obviously most of that, like in Luna, Sierra, Doniana counties, just looking at some numbers here. But, uh, you know, talking to the two growers I, I spoke with who have, I think, pretty big commercial operations, you know, they're expecting it to be a good year this year. You know, it's the one, I guess, one of the few benefits of the drought we're experiencing is that, you know, you get a, a better uh, chili crop, you get better, more high quality peppers. I, I think they even it even affects the, the level of spice sometimes, you know, if there's if it's a drier year. So um, from what I'm hearing is that, uh, you know, it's it should be a good year. It should be a good harvest, could continue, you know, through the fall even. So right into the fall. And that's, and that's kind of rare for the yeah. harvest to continue past Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it. Um, just talking to one, um, one of the main ones, I guess, uh, he said, yeah, it could continue until November, um, July to November. So that would be, that's a pretty oh. large chunk of the year. So. But That's, obviously, you know, he's optimistic. It's like a, a early Christmas present for uh, for New Mexicans. <laughs> yeah, you could have some green chili stuffing and green chili turkey. And <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what do you guys want to add that we haven't already talked about? Leah, let's start with you. Um, just that. You know, it's it's such a big part of the culture around here. And I just encourage everyone to, if not head out to the Chili Festival, um, head out to your your local grocery store and get a sack. Yeah, you know, I, I, w- I would just say, um, you know, in my sort of adventure to try to kind of become a New Mexican, uh, this has been a big <laughs> part of it. So I think the more you learn about the chili, the more you learn about, you know, New Mexico, you know, from, you know, like we were just talking about by um you know, the biology, the, the culture, it's, it's all wrapped into there, it. So. There are so many different varietals. There are so many different flavors and heat levels, you know, and that comes with learning about that, I think, Adrian. Yeah, I've definitely, you know, it's, I didn't. It sounds like the chili festival over there is pretty cool. You know, I haven't spent a lot of time in your neck of the woods, so maybe I'll go check it out and see what I can learn. Adrian, uh, Leah, thank you so much for taking a little time today to talk about your reporting. Of course, our pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Reporter's Notebook. We also have a newsletter sharing reporters' stories about, well, about how we report stories. You can find all of our articles and the rest of our reporting in the Las Cruces Sun News. A huge thanks goes out to Leah and Adrian for joining us this week. You can read Leah's reporting in the Las Cruces Sun News and Adrian's reporting at www.currentargus.com. Also, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and many other places you find your favorite podcasts. This has been the Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News. I'm your host, Damian Willis. This week's podcast was written and produced by me. You can also find all our local reporting brought to you daily by reporters who live and work in Las Cruces at www.lcsun-news.com for all of us at the Sun News. 
thank you for the privilege of your time.